You're listening to The Chamber Connection, a monthly podcast from your Fargo-Moorhead, West Fargo Chamber of Commerce, where we go behind the scenes to talk about business, community, and leadership, and discover what's going on around town and shaping our future. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Chamber Connection. I'm your host, Darren Dunlop. We are so glad that you are with us for this very important episode. As our community demographics are changing and there is renewed demand for racial equality around the country, businesses must examine how they contribute to this conversation. As employers are asking how they can attract, retain, and engage a diverse and inclusive workforce, so too are individuals wondering how they fit into this puzzle. Today, I am so honored to be able to welcome Colette Campbell from Bremer Bank to our show, joining me in studio today to talk about diversity, inclusion, and representation. Colette has spoken about her employer's diversity strategy and offered insight for other businesses for some of our chamber events, and I think you'll find this a fascinating and interesting topic as we all try to navigate through the current climate. Uh, Colette, you are, your title is Senior Vice President Director of Talent Acquisition, Diversity, and Inclusion at Bremer Bank. Can you kind of give us a kickoff of an overview of your background and your professional journey and what has led you to your current position at Bremer Bank? Okay, sure I can. So before joining Bremer, I was actually in higher education for a number of years, both on the professional uh, side, um, serving actually in a role that was very similar to this, and also as a as a professor. And so, my disciplines were um, business, human development, um, really about working with people. And so, uh, this was just a, a natural kind of progression to kind of come out of academia and go back into industry and 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 apply what you're you're talking about to students. And so, um, I was just really grateful for this opportunity um, to, to be at Bremer. And so my title, like you said, it's really long. I'm working on <laughs> making it a little bit shorter because it's a mouthful. But essentially what it what it says is, is that I kind of, uh, the work that I'm responsible for on an enterprise level and strategy is like, it falls into three buckets basically. So um, the talent portion is thinking about the workforce, who we're hiring and how, the workplace, what does it feel like to be here? So, um, and then the marketplace, who are we partnering with? How are we showing up in community? How are we um, living out our brand in, in what we say, who we are? And so um, the my role also is very, is new to the bank. So before um, I joined, of course, these efforts were, were ongoing, but they were, um, you know, they were, they were a part of the organization in various in various spaces, but there was a, a, a deliberate um, a deliberate strategy and energy that went into saying we need somebody to oversee this, and so that's the inception of my role in two thousand seventeen. Wonderful, um, you know, I, I, through your conversations at our chamber events and 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 our conversation leading up to this, I know that uh, Bremer has made a commitment to diversity and inclusion. Can you talk about the company-wide strategy and how the leadership of Bremer has embraced and promoted it? And I guess more importantly, are there any key points that you could recommend for other organizations to use 
to, to, to model their own diversity and inclusion efforts, um, to, you know, a, after Bremers. Sure. Well, definitely. Um, so, so there's kind of two pieces within that, um, you know, what you're asking and, and, and in 2017, when I joined Bremer, we we started to think about what should the strategy be? How do you incorporate it? And I think for any organization, as you're thinking about this work, you want to and you need to align the work with whatever the work is of the organization. And so for us um, at Bremer, it's, you know, we our mission is cultivating thriving communities. And so from... 2017 2018 as a senior executive team we started doing some really deliberate work to think about what does this mean for us individually as leaders and then what is the natural outpouring and complement to the work that we are that we are doing so it's not something that is siloed and outside of our work but it's aligned with our work and so um i so so when we think about our strategy um, in general, we've, we do have a strategy and it, again, kind of falls in line with the things that we are already doing and things that we want to be doing more of. And so those things look like, um, you know, seeing what the demographics are of the footprints that we're a part of. And so Bremer Bank is... Um, you know, our home is in St. Paul, but we're here in North Dakota, we're in Wisconsin. And so really looking deliberately at the communities that we're a part of and saying, does our employee makeup represent the demographics of the communities that we're a part of? And if it doesn't, how do we deliberately think about making that more true, more reflective? How do we have strategies that that connect? And so um, even part of the work that I get to do right now in Fargo with the People of Color Advisory uh, Group as a part of the chamber, that is a natural outpouring because, um, you know, like you said earlier, diversity is increasing. And even in this region, Fargo-Moorhead, uh, Emerging Prairie had done a, an amazing a report a couple, maybe now almost two years ago, that really showed that there's been a significant increase in minority representation in the Fargo-Moorhead area, 50% increase in the last 10 years. And so for us, Bremer Bank, uh, we care about talent, we care about the communities that we're a part of, and we know that if we know that this is true, then how do we be a part of the learning so that we as a bank can serve um, our communities better, both in our own talent acquisition efforts, but in, in our consumers too, and in our customers, right? We're all about our customers and serving our customers. And so if we know that the demographics are, are changing, how do we be a part of that? So I think, um, you know, we, we've had our ongoing strategy, like I said, that's parallel to what we're doing. And then very recently with the killing of George Floyd, we put out, um, our CEO put out a statement about that and what that means for us. And, 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 um, and you know, that was, that was pretty big. I mean, our, our CEO and our senior leaders put out an action plan, which is different than our diversity plan and strategy. It is something that is separate, that is speaking to, you know, and, and kind of the words that that were used were the uncomfortable truth that banks historically have played a crucial role in furthering and enforcing racist structures and systematically disadvantage um, people of color for decades and 
and we really said, well, what does that mean? And how have we been a part of that both deliberately, consciously, and unconsciously? Well, there's practices that that are just part of our systems that I don't think we think about, like redlining or like who gets to live in certain communities, who gets loans based on that. Um, and so our action plan is something that um, that we've put out and we're thinking about that and, and thinking about how do we how do we how do we be a part of moving forward in a more equitable way and so that means putting resources in um, in those communities where home ownership you know if you look at the statistics of who owns homes and who doesn't there's a very big divide between dominant white culture and people of color and so does that mean more education? Does that mean more opportunities? Does that mean differences in how we do credit or explain credit or help people get better credit so that they can be a part of that home ownership? And so, um, you know, there's there's lots of things that we talked about in that action plan, and and we're we're excited about moving forward. But it's not easy because we didn't just get there, you know, because of one thing. There's been years of of practices that we really just want to take a look at. You know, uh, it, it's interesting when you talk about the talent acquisition, um, and I know that falls right into your very long title, um, <laughs> but, um, you know, one of the things that I think really concerns me and, and our community is it's the talent acquisition, but it's the retention. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming that you may have some um, thoughts on that as well because it's one thing to recruit the talent but it's another thing to have them have a sense of community um have them have a sense of belonging and that's everything that you're talking about really seems to fall into those categories as well so mm -hmm. could you maybe just touch on that a little bit yeah for sure and so even though my title is long and I only get, I really do oversee that one part of talent acquisition, but it, what you're talking about is really accurate is that talent has a lot of different, it falls in, you know, you get them in, how do you, how do you not only retain, but develop, promote, um, grow talent? That is the other piece. And, and you are right too, in that we measure that. And I think, the important part of retention is, I think, belonging. And um, and so in my very long title, I'd actually like to change it so that it, it really encompasses that word because I think that word is the key to what we're talking about here when we talk about um, diversity and inclusion. It's do people feel like they belong? Both people who are there and people who we need to bring into the fold. Um, and I think when people feel like they belong, they feel that they can contribute, they do their best work. And so um, that is something that we are also thinking about and having some strategic direct goals to that because you know, most companies have lots of leadership development or opportunities to grow their talent from within. And so part of our um, strategy in this work is making sure that the folks that we are lining up to think to be in leadership are reflective and that we are deliberate about our diversity strategies so that we're making sure that we are being inclusive. Okay. Um, you know, one of the things, you know, we talked about um, ideas for other companies that they can kind of set themselves um, up 
to us for a standard. Um, and I know that uh, during one of our events, you talked about how every employer should really set us like set goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I'd really like you to touch on that. In you know, first of all, what are some examples of some of those goals, and how does how does an organization get to that point mm-hmm. internally? You know, how are they? Okay, what's important to us? What's the, you know, how do we get to this level? Yeah, you know, I, I don't think it's any different than what you would do with any other topic. So if you think about leadership, we say, okay, so what does leadership mean for our company, right? And and the, you're going to have some distinct qualities that hopefully are differentiators for for even though when you think about leadership it's about people skills soft skills it's about conflict resolution it's about empowering and inspiring your your individuals right so when you take the topic of um, diversity or cultural competency I think you also got to break down what does that mean and I think for for when I think about that and when we think about that at Bremer it means what what is our culture? Do we know ourselves? And what does that mean? Like, um, I think, and and because culture is one of those things that it's like the nose on our face, it's there, but doesn't bot. It's just always been there, so we don't really like. What does my nose do? It smells. It helps me to taste. It helps me. It's the same thing with culture. Every single one of us has a cultural lens. Not all of us have unpacked what that means, right? and particularly for dominant culture. And when I say dominant culture, I say white people. It's like, well, I don't have I don't have a culture. It's like, of course you have a culture. Did you grow up in the city? Did you grow up rural? That's part of your culture. That's part of how your lens is developed. And 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 all of us have these lenses that are unique and distinctive to us, and so they help us to see, to interpret, to um make assumptions of things and it's not that it's good or bad but it's it is what is true of us and so the only way you can work with people who are different than you is first of all to understand what you understand and know that in that there are limitations and there's opportunity to grow and understand others so that's that is I think the starting point and for us at Bremer that's what we've done in our senior leadership team because it's not, it's not something that is, you know, sometimes I think people think, oh, it's this nuanced thing. What do I do? But it's like, well, what would you do if you wanted to lose weight? You'd say, I'd Google different ways to lose weight. And I'd see all these different things. And I'd say, what's the best thing that's going to work for me? Because here I am and here's my goal. So it's the same thing, I think, with diversity and inclusion in this work. Like, what am I hoping for? What do I want out of it? Do I want more awareness so that I can work better with people? Do I want do I want my company to reflect what is out there in the demographics? Do I want to not only have them reflected but retain and have our leadership be, you know, whatever 20% female, 20%, you know, you you've got to think about where are you and then what's the goal and how do I get there? Yeah, we've been um as I mentioned at the top, you know, we've been very lucky to have you speak at uh, several different chamber events. Um, and and one of the elements you discussed is the importance of doing a self-analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I guess that I would like you to maybe give us some examples of um, if I'm a company and I'm, I want to do a self-analysis, what are some of those questions that I should be asking myself and asking my leadership team? Mm-hmm. 
Um, well, I think there's lots, and I think it also depends on where you are at in the journey with this work. So if you're an organization that is just starting to think about diversity, I really encourage people to start where they're at. And that might be as simple as a personality kind of assessment so that you start to understand differences in a broader sense. Something like DISC or the strength leader, so or even Myers-Briggs, if you remember that, that's kind of an older one that people aren't using as much. But just even the difference of what's an extrovert, what's an introvert. And when we start to understand our differences then and who we are, we can appreciate others. There are some very specific ones around culture and diversity. And one that we've used at Bremer and our senior executive team is something called the IDI, which was developed actually at the University of Minnesota with two different people, Dr. Bennett and Dr. Hammer. Um, it is a predominant um, assessment that's used kind of around the world. And it helps us to, uh, to, to, to have this starting point of understanding how we see ourselves in terms of culture and unpacking that and how we work with others. And it, it helps us to kind of identify ourselves on a, on a spectrum of understanding difference. And um, it's been, you know, before joining Bremer, I, I said that I was an educator and I also had a company, which I still I don't run because obviously I'm, I'm working in this, but I have um, people that, that do this work still. And it, 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 so I've coached, I would say over 500 people in this inventory, and it's probably been one of the best assessment tools that I've used to help people start having the conversation. Um, and I'm sure there are other tools out there that are good, but I just think you've gotta, you've gotta start somewhere. You've got to start with, like, where am I at? Do some kind of, you know, and then where do I want to go? And this is a tool that helps um, give you an individual result, give you a group result, and then and and help to make a plan from there. Okay. So if, if people would like to follow up more on the IDI, so mm -hmm. if they Google IDI, University of Minnesota, or how, where, where would someone find that? Yeah, so IDI, Intercultural Development Inventory. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you would just, yeah, Google it and you'd find it for sure. Okay. Um, you'd also find people that can do the assessment, and I'm sure there are folks here in this area. I do caution, though, that you have somebody who is really good at the coaching because it's more than just, it's like a, any kind of assessment, right? You can take an assessment, you get your score, but then what? You've got to do something with it, right? It's just like when I get on the scale, there's my number. Okay. <laughs> You know, you gotta like. What are you gonna do with it? You, you turn gotta... the dial down a little bit. I think, because it's you know, that's what I do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you just gotta do something with it. Um, I also think there's just so much going on right now, and there are so many resources available. I know, actually, out um, in Grand Forks, UND, there was uh, there was this offering for, you know. Um, for for actually folks from dominant culture who want to lean into this conversation and they had this week-long intensive course where they had um you know lots of different reading materials which i know that um the chamber has actually has a great resource list which um 
there's a few of us that helped to, to put that together. And so many of those resources were resources that I saw from that. Um, but start reading, start watching movies, start somehow, you know, um, getting yourself aware in, in, what, in what resonates for you because this topic is quite broad and you have to decide which part of it is, is, is interesting to you, which part of it do you feel like you need more information on, and then go out there. You know, I, I, I find that very interesting because it, it seems like, you know, it's where do you start, what do you do, and it really all boils down to have the conversation have a conversation with the with with the entities that matter mm-hmm. and, and and use those conversations to uh, further further your your knowledge but also to further the conversation to where you want to go mm-hmm. so I, I guess I'd like you to maybe follow up a little bit on that and the conversation aspect of you know if you're beginning start to have those conversations but where does where do those conversations begin Um, I think with people that you feel safe with, with people that will also challenge you and and be truth tellers. I also think it's important, though, to not um, overburden certain people. I mean, one of the things that's actually been happening in light of the George Floyd killing is that a lot of people of color are like, first of all, this has just been very emotional, something that we've known and dealt with for our lives. And now everybody wants to talk to us. It's like, you know, and so there's a there's actually a burden. It's really hard for people. And so I think um, I think it's maybe people talking with other people who are even like them to say, like, what is this doing? Like, how are you feeling about this? And but people who you trust and maybe people who will also challenge you. Um, I think one thing I was going to actually pull something up here. I think one thing that has been interesting is, you know, um, I think I think for a long time we've just accepted kind of the story that we know or the story that we were told. And so I remember a couple of years ago when the movie Hidden Figures had come out. Did you ever see that? Uh, multiple times, yeah. yes. So even that story, um, and I, you know, even for me, I think I had heard about it, but I don't think I knew about it. I actually met a, a woman um, a couple of years ago and she said my mom's a hidden like my mom is a, a hidden figure and and so it's a woman who works at general mills she's an executive and her mother was you know a human computer back in the day <laughs> and and so hearing that story but i'm thinking well why haven't we heard that story why was that movie so so even that even that example i'm trying to say is that there are other narratives and stories that have not been told and so we've got to ask ourselves, what are those other stories? Because if that story was so interesting and helped us understand that women, both black and white women, were so instrumental in science and math, and today we're talking about, and for me, especially thinking about talent, there are not enough women in STEM, right? Science, technology, engineering, manufacturing. Well, there was, there was at one point, so what happened? Right. So there's 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 stuff to unpack there. There's stuff to know. There's this great African proverb that I wanted to share. And it says, until lions have their historians, tales of the hunt shall always glorify the hunter. So you have to ask yourself who's telling the story and who's being glorified. 
we've there's lots of pieces of narrative that we do not know maybe because they weren't written down or they've been decided that they don't make it into the history books and so i think i think part of um even kind of the uproar the confusion frustration with um with you know our world and thinking about race and race you know disparities i think part of that the anguish is that is the there's that there's other pieces of the story that have not been told Hmm. i love that adage i can't wait to use that um you know colette you and uh, you and bremer have graciously invested you know both your time and resources into um our chambers program uh professionals of color um can you speak to why you and bremer feel it's so important that we have a community-wide approach uh to help foster diversity and inclusion initiatives you know in our community and 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 actually all over the world yeah well as i said earlier our mission is cultivating thriving communities so what does that look like and we've even had to really challenge ourselves to say what does that look like and who's thriving in the community and who's not (laughs) and so part of our i would say our partnership and and actually you know, we, we have another saying at Bremer where we say elbow to elbow. And I'm not in Fargo. Uh, um, I'm housed in St. Paul, but I've got great partners and leaders. And Judd Graham, who's our region president in this area, um, you know, in his involvement in the chamber, heard about, you know, this initiative and raised his hand and said, I think I think we should do this. And 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 I, I want to make sure, you know, the disclaimer here that Bremer, myself, we don't think we got it. <laughs> we haven't figured it out. We we enter this work as learners in humility of what we don't know. And we think that when we work on things together, it's better. <laughs> and so that's that's why we're a part of this work. Um, and that's why we've raised our hand because we, we wanna be in partnership with people. And, and we know that it is going to benefit us in our business and what we do, but we also know that it's going to benefit our community and, and help it to be more thriving. And so that's why we're a part of this work. I, I think that that's a, a, a great statement because, you know, some of the best business leaders that I know, it's like, you know, man, you guys have run such a great business. You guys are just the best. He said, well, the, that, you know, the best, the main thing, that has guided me is that every day I want to learn something. We're never good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, we can always be better. Mm-hmm. And I think that that really speaks to the narrative that we're discussing today because mm-hmm. we're never going to get it completely right. Mm-hmm. Nothing is ever going to be completely right. But by gosh, if we're getting better every day towards attaining that goal, well, then, then. Then we are making some progress, right? For sure. Yeah. And Gene, our our CEO, Gene Crane, is actually from is from North Dakota. So I don't know. Maybe it's the North Dakota people that are, that are leading this. But I mean, she's leading this. Um, as I said, Judd has honestly been such an instrumental partner in this work for our organization. Julie Whitney, who's also here. Um, I just. You know, I think it's the it's the ability and it's the courage to lean in even when you don't know. And I commend I commend them for doing that. I commend the chamber for stepping in 
and the thing is, is you might not know it all, but if you're willing to take one step at a time and figure it out, even if it's raggedy, that's better than doing nothing at all. Yeah. Um, you know, Colette, I'd, I'd like to veer off a little bit. Um, you know, in, in our region, um, we're, we're always talking about the best ways to attract and retain talent. And I know we've touched on that a little bit before, but in our Metro, we're very fortunate to have a strong new American and international student populations, given, you know, all of our universities that we have here. Um, what, what do you think about how we as a, as a community could best retain these, uh, you know, these people that we already have within our community? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think, I'm sure there are many answers to that, but I, I would say one, just connecting. I know when I started coming up to this area, I started actually doing um, a lot of kind of connecting at NDSU, and I was really surprised at the diversity there. Like, I, I just couldn't believe how many students I saw from all over. Um, I did a little bit of digging and realized you've got a very large uh, international student population like you're talking about, kind of, you know, who at some point maybe decide that they want to make this home. Um, And I think I think there's um, I think that there's just opportunity to to connect with people and again, nurture that sense of belonging. Um, In my experience of this region, this is a very communal, almost insular kind of community, right? People have been here for a long time. You know, their great grandmother, they just have so many deep roots and those are wonderful. But also sometimes that can be hard if you're a newbie and you're just trying to fit in. So I know one of the initiatives for people of color um, advisory group is we're trying to figure out how do we make those connections really important. And I would say the other big thing is another kind of, as, as you are already probably grasping, I like sayings and I like little quotes. And one quote that I love is talent is universal, but opportunity is not. And so when we think about talent and we think about just connecting in general, if we're not connecting people and if we're not extending invitations for opportunity, they're not happening. Um, and so we've, we've got to figure out what does that look like? Uh, you know, I know internships were really hard this summer with COVID, but I would say to the businesses and communities, figure out ways of engaging these students and even the international students. There are, there are stipulations, there's easy ways that they can work in American companies because they're, they're in school. So tap into that. What, I mean, you know, there is so much great talent out there. And we've got to figure out how to engage and how to, because it's going to be good for them. It's a win-win. It's good for them, but it's also going to be great for you as a, or a, a leader or a business. You know, one of the things, uh, well, uh, we I hear all the time is that when, whether it's a police officer, a fireman, um, a, a teacher, people who live or work in those um, occupations in, in our region typically have grown up in this area they usually come from within a hundred mile radius mm-hmm. you know because they they have a sense of community and a sense of home and i think that that's one of the things that we really need to strive for if you know we have this influx of of diversity that are coming in and we need to make people feel 
part of the community because we want those people to become part of, you know, the be, be the teachers in, in five to 10 years, mm -hmm. to be the firefighters, to be those police officers. Um, and I find that that, that really kind of comes full circle with, with the, what we're talking about, you know, with the retention of, of people um, in, in their current role, but also to get them when they're done with college, if they love this area, they love the experience, well, you know what, I want to make my career here. So I think that goes, you know, part and parcel with, with what we've been saying. Yeah, yeah, I think it does. And so, so then how do we make sure that that happens, I think is that next thing. Like, and also maybe leaning into... I mean, and again, these are not easy conversations, but why hasn't it happened, right? Like what has been that disconnect? And, and, and sometimes it's just, it is looking at that and looking at the structures or looking at, you know, how that happens and, and understanding, well, here's the breakdown because maybe after graduation, there's a small window and if they haven't found work, you know, or, you know, before COVID, we were really in a talent like war where, people before they're graduating, we're, we're trying to get them <laughs> to make a commitment. And so then it's too late. But maybe now as the tides have shifted, maybe there is an opportunity to look at what that looks like. And, and the reality is people would rather stay in a place they're familiar with than go out to somewhere else. So I, I, think, I think maybe that's one of the things that we can start looking at. Hmm. You know, uh, Colette, uh, would you, uh, I guess one thing as we wrap up here, um, you know, I'm going to, this is a very open-ended question for you. So, uh, what do you think is the one most important thing that you'd like our listeners, uh, to walk away from this episode, understanding or doing going forward? Yeah. You know, just make a commitment to do something. Um, it could be, but, but you just like anything, you've got to be specific about it. So maybe it's, I'm gonna, there's a book that looks really interesting to me um white fragility not sure what that is but i'm going to i'm going to find a friend or two and read that book and in a month we're going to get together and discuss it like make make a goal that is um realistic <laughs> that's timely and that you know like a smart goal so specific measurable uh, achievable and you know give yourself a time per editor and, and do something because I think sometimes we want to make these audacious, ginormous goals, and we just can't do them. I mean, we just, you know, so so make it realistic and, and just do something. Just do something. So. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, thank you again, Colette, and thank you all for listening. Um, if you're listening and are interested in getting involved, we encourage you to check out the Chambers Professionals of Color program. Whether you're interested in networking, giving back, professional development, or just looking for a place to belong, the POC might be just for you. Uh, we've got several upcoming events, a list of uh, recommended resources online. We're working on a mentorship program that we'll be launching very soon, we hope. Um, and check us out on Facebook at fmwfchamber.com backslash POC to learn more. Thank you again for tuning into this episode, and I can't wait to chat with you again very, very soon. And Colette, thank to you, and thanks to Bremer uh, for for your time and uh, your commitment to this topic. It's a uh, it's it's so important to our region, and uh, you're you're you've been a valuable asset, and we can't wait to use you some more. <laughs> well, thanks for your partnership, and I'm excited that we're in this together. So transformation and change, we're 
I'm, I'm here. Thanks. Wonderful. Thank you so much, and we'll talk again soon. Yeah.